As uh, you undoubtedly have noticed, the Torah, when it uh, speaks about the main people that uh, the Jewish people are built upon, that move civilization, the Torah always has side people, other people involved. And uh, one of the ideas that we have in this week's Parsha, so that even though Avram and Sora are, so to speak, the main characters, the hero and heroine of the Parsha, we have a side person, Lot. Now, I spoke about Lot uh, in one of the Shurim Ben Minchel but this is this is a different aspect. In case God forbid you remember what I said, Lot is a very enigmatic person. The, the Torah doesn't really describe him to, for us. The Torah tells us he's the nephew of Avram Avinu. He left uh, Bovel, he left Ur Kazdim with Avram. He accompanies him there at Israel. And he accompanies him when Avram goes down to Egypt in the story of Sorod, that she's taken to the house of the Pharaoh. And then when Avram is rewarded in the compensation, so to speak, by Paro, so uh, the benefit, the financial Reward extends to Lot as well. The Gamla Lot, Avram, Lot who accompanied Avram, he also had a great deal of cattle. In the ancient world, cattle was money. There are societies in the world where it still is that way. And he had servants. He's a very wealthy man. Not of his own making. There are a lot of people who have that type of fortune. Either inherited wealth, lucky wealth. He bought the right lottery ticket. Fortuitous wealth. I always uh, remember the... uh, had a member of, of, uh, of the shul in mine in Muncie who was a very uh, noted and uh, wealthy stockbroker. A lot of big people invested with him. And I remember once uh, 
he said to me, uh, Rabbi, you know how he became so successful? So uh, I said, not really. What I really wanted to say was, I can't imagine why you should be successful. So he said, uh, the first day I came to work, and I was... uh, uh, almost like a messenger boy. I was working for a big stockbroker on the market, and he gave me menial tasks to perform. And it was a very busy day on the market, and he was flooded with calls. So he said to me in the middle, he said, so-and-so just called me. He wants to buy 50,000 shares of General Motors. Buy it for him. So he said, in my excitement, General Motors, the symbol was GM. He said, in my excitement, I bought him 50,000 shares of GE, which was General Electric. And that uh, two hours later, General Electric announced that it was paying an extra dividend and that it was splitting the stock two for three, and the stock soared The guy made a fortune. But I bought the wrong stock. So I called up the customer to apologize. And he said, you're my man no matter what. Because I see like Hashem Imach. So you're my stockbroker. And he said, that's how I became the big stockbroker from the menial servant just executing orders. So it's all fortuitous. He had no idea of the difference between GE and GM. Though later on in life, uh, they invited him to lecture on those subject. So that's Lot. Lot, uh, you know, Lot is a the Torah describes him in the most parva of terms. It doesn't say that by Noah it says he was an ish tzaddik. There's not a complimentary word about Lot. But there's not a negative word either. Lot is just, he's there. <laughs> So they come back there to Israel. Avram and Lot, both of them very wealthy. And the Torah describes that the shepherds who worked for Avram and Lot couldn't agree on where to pasture their flocks. Avram and Lot had no dispute themselves. The rowing, the shepherds had the dispute which oftentimes happens in life. The great men of Israel rarely dispute each other, but their hangers-on always uh, are able to fan the fire. So there's this fight. Avraham Avinu abhors a fight. The Chavz Chaim used to say, everything abinit can machlekes. Whatever, we'll, we'll settle it. 
don't have a fight about it. So Avram says to Lot, I'll not Let there not be a quarrel between you and me. In other words, this fight amongst the shepherds is going to escalate that it eventually will involve you and me. It's like uh, children uh, that have a fight in the classroom. So eventually the parents have to become involved. And they're dragged into it. So Avram says, I don't want that to happen. I'll know to Mariva Let's not get involved here. Let's separate. He poured on Separate yourself from me. Here, you tell me where you want to go, and I'll tell you I'll go the opposite way. If you small, I mean, if you go left, I'll go right. If you go right, I'll go left. It's a big country. There's room for both of us. There's no reason to have a fight. Lot uh, accepts the offer. And he leaves Avram. Not only that, it says, And he moves his tent to Zdom. And there he settles. Not only settles, he becomes a respected member of the community. Rashi teaches us he became a judge. What happened here? So it is really uh, tells us a story without any interpretation. Is Lot right or wrong? Avram told them to separate. He did what Avram told them to do. And why should they have separated? They could uh, make a partnership. Abe and Lot, Inc. What else? The Torah just leaves it open. Now, whenever the Torah leaves it open, you know, there's a purpose. The purpose is the Shivim Polim La Torah. How to view it. 70 different faces. What angle do we want to look at? So, most of them are for Shiv. I must admit, look at it with a negative angle. That Lot said, Yefshi be Avrom of Elohov, I don't want Avrom, I don't want his God, I don't want his religion, I don't want the schnorrers at the door, I don't want the whole thing. I'm buying a condo in Palm Beach and leave me alone. That is the main thrust of Perushir, which therefore is very negative towards Lot. It makes Lot to be uh, an heir to Cain and to Chum and to, to all the other uh, villains, so to speak, that we have in this uh, Chumash. 
But there's one great problem here. It's the elephant in the room. And that is that Lot is the ancestor of Dovra Melech. The Jewish people are dependent upon Lot. If we're not for Lot, then we have no hope for uh, the Messianic era. We have no future. We never would have had a Malchus. We never would have had Yerushalayim. So if Lot is such a bad guy, if Lot is Yefshi Bavrom Velohov, I don't want Avrom Avinu. And I don't want the God of Avrom, then how come he's my Zedah? Chazal say, Motsosi uh, is uh, Dovid Avdi. So the Gemara says, Heichon Motsosa, where did you find him, David? And the Gemara says, Bizdom, in Zdom, that's where I found him. I found him by Lot. So there must be another stream here, too. And all of you will be fortunate enough to hear it shortly. It's really a radical stream, radical shot. But uh, since there are not many in attendance, I feel emboldened to say it. We're all aware of the famous Rashi that introduces us to Noah. Tommy Moya Bedorosa. There are those who said that Noah, had he lived in the generation of Avram, would have been even greater. And there are those that say that if he lived in the generation of Avram, he would have been nothing. Chazal put a window here to look at people. We all live in our generation. That's inescapable. But we all wonder, I don't know if we all do, but some of us do. Maybe only I do, I don't know. We wonder, you know, what if I lived in the generation of the Gaon of Vilna? Or of... Or Moshe ben Nachman, or the Rambam, or Rabbeinu Akodosh. Would I be greater? Or maybe, even though I'm not much now, but in my generation, you know, I'm a Rabbi Wine. But if I lived in a generation ago in the Vilna, I'm nothing. I'm zero. So therefore, Chazal said, "Dor dor v'chachamov, dor dor v'dorshov." You can only judge a person by the generation in which the person is living. You're not allowed to make this comparison. You're not allowed to say, "What if he would have lived in the generation of Avram?" That was unfair. 
It says, Tomi Moyabitorosov, in his generation, he's Noach, he's a tzaddik, that's all we can say. But if this introduces us to the idea of uh, the Torah's theory of relativity, tzaddik and Russia, is that an absolute scale or a relative scale? From that Rashi, it appears that it's a relative scale. They wonder what he would have been in this generation, what he is now, etc., but it's relative. So let's apply that to Lot and Avram. Avram's all alone in the world. There's nobody else that's a mono, that preaches monotheism. Lot is a monotheist. We see that even in the end, when he commits incest with his daughters, he doesn't do so because he's pagan. So Avram has one ally in the world. Later he will have a servant, Eliezer, same type of ally, also an enigmatic figure that we don't know much about and that the Torah throws upon us in Chayasora. So Avram says to Lot, figuratively, listen, he poor normally. If both of us stay here together, that the message is never going to get out. If you and I are sitting in the coal all the time, so we, you know, nobody knows about it. And our idea is, we want to proclaim it. We want that the world should know. We want to introduce this idea of monotheism into civilization. So therefore, he poured no Leave me. I'm going to work this side of the street and you work that side of the street. So that their uh, separation from this point of view is not a negative thing. Lot is not saying you know, I don't want to have anything to do with Avram. Lot is saying, you know, the Rebbe sent me on Shlichut to Bangkok, so I'm going. And that's what it means by Yehalad's dome. He's looking for a place. If he finally comes to Zdome, now Zdome is a place where you can accomplish. There was a famous American philosopher, Yogi Berra, who was a uh, ball player for the New York Yankees. And he is famous for his aphorisms that he uttered. So one of the stories, all the stories about him are apocryphal, but who know? But, you know, that's the stories that they tell. So once the Yankees were in town in, uh, in Chicago... 
and they're there to play uh, the Chicago White Sox, and they're playing at night. So you got all day to do nothing. So uh, when Yogi Berra showed up at the uh, game, his teammates asked him, Yogi, what did you do today? He said, I went to the zoo. So they said, why did you go to the zoo? And he says, because that's where the animals are. You have to go where the animals are. If Lot wants to spread monotheism, he's got to go to his dome. He can't just preach to the choir. So therefore he goes to his dome. So the separation between Lot and Avram was it, so to speak, in a noble cause. Lot's going to try. Now, Lot is not, unfortunately, the man that can carry it off. Avram can. There's not everybody can do it. I remember that uh, there was a... Uh, Wonderful. When I went to the yeshiva, so when you entered the, uh, when you came time to enter the slicha class, so you had to have permission from the faculty to enter. And a lot of guys, they felt uh, the, uh, that the young man was not going was really not cut out for the rabbonus, for smicha, etc., and they rejected him. Today's world, uh, if you hang around long enough, then you get there everywhere. But that wasn't the case in my time. So uh, one of the young men, uh, they said to him, don't go to the smicha class, you know, and uh, you'll get a job, you'll be the president of the shul, you'll be this, you'll be that, but uh, this is not for you. So his mother came to the dean to plead his case. And she said, I don't understand, he's the most pious young man in the class. He never misses a minion. He's always on time, he's always studying. He's a tzaddik. And the dean looked at her and he was... Uh, he was <laughs> took no prisoners the dean and he said for being a tzaddik you get olam abo not smicha so Lot can have olam abo and Lot can have David HaMelech descend from him but he cannot turn stone around and therefore the Rabbon Sholem sends Malachim, so to speak, to extricate him from his dome. Because it's not going. And the only hope for his dome is to destroy it and start again. So now we have a different picture of Walt.
So Lot couldn't do it, but Lot's going to have a descendant who can do it. And that'll be Dovra Melech. The experience of the failure of Zdom will be the foundation upon which David can build. Because David Amelech, in many respects, can be accused of being a failure in his behavior, in his policies, etc. But he rises above all of it because he's David Amelech. And that's the example that's set for all of us. Lot does not rise above it. Lot sinks. He never recovers from the fact that he wasn't able to save Zdom. And therefore he ends up doing things that he never imagined. Because he gave up. But now we have to look at at Lot in a different light. We have to look at Lot as, so to speak, more of a partner than an enemy of Avram. And Avram recognized that within him, and he wanted it to happen. Avram has many disappointments in life. Lot is one of them. Yishmuel is one of them. Eliezer is one of them. Esau will be one of them. There are many disappointments. He doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have wonderful nachas and, you know, and a, a seder table with 900 grandchildren. Everybody's a big Talmud Chochem. But Avram Avinu Omad Bikulam. He stands over all of it. He is not weakened by it, not compromised by it. Takes the hard knocks and keeps on going. So when the Torah describes for us as it does this relationship, and the Torah is very enigmatic, the Torah is without details. The Torah doesn't say what happened. But we are given permission to uh, understand it on our terms. And there is therefore a possibility of understanding it in the manner that I have described here this morning, which gives us a different picture of Lot and perhaps explains why Lot is our grandfather and why we should not, so to speak, deny that. And it really gives us a different picture of the relationship that existed between Avram and Lot and Avram and the rest of society and his dome itself. So I thank you for listening and have a wonderful Shabbat. And uh, next week uh, we'll try and do Parsha Fayera. Go to Zillah.